Hi, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Fail and Grow. Fail and Grow is a podcast for you interested about growth and profitability with me, Vilma. I'm a co-founder of VilofQ, the next generation CPQ tool. We are seamless integrated with your favorite CRM, and we have a big passion for increasing sales efficiency and to make it easier for your customer to understand the value your service and products brings so it becomes easier for the customer to say yes. Today's guest is Stefan Hedenbrand. He is a co-founder of DeemData. That is a revenue attribution for B2B customers. And what they do is that they help customers to understand how various activities impact their revenue. Really interesting. Looking forward to hearing more about that. And Stefan actually is a new connection for me who actually just reached out and simply asked to be a guest in Fail and Grow. And we had a chat and I felt, of course, uh, Stefan, you should be a guest on Fail and Grow. So <laughs> Stefan, uh, tell me, is this like, is it a goal you have joining different podcasts and how did you come up with this idea? And so great to have you here today. Oh, thank you, Vilma. And uh, yeah, thanks for accepting my my pitch to be on the show. Uh, no, I, I, I think I'm glad you caught, asked. <laughs> I think what caught me eye, my eye was the uh, the title of the show because I think that's you know if there's anything I've learned about growth and marketing and that sort, it's uh, you need to try a ton of stuff and uh, sometimes a little bit. It's a little bit like inventing the the light bulb, which I think uh, <laughs> Thomas Edison said that. He hadn't. He had found ten thousand ways that the light bulb would not go on until he found one way where it would go on. And I think it's just being successful in in this game is all about you know trying a ton of stuff until something works. And when when something works, you you really want to repeat that. Yeah, for sure. And I learned many years ago that just especially within marketing something that didn't work yesterday could actually work tomorrow and that you should be extra keen to continuing this uh, trial and error thing is that something you would agree on yes and also the the vice versa so kind of uh, when new platforms arise and they start working they they work great for a, a certain period but then all of us marketers we we meet each other at Friday bars, we sit in Slack <laughs> channels and Facebook group, and then suddenly all of the people are using Facebook ads and <laughs> suddenly the Facebook ads are really expensive and then they don't work anymore. And uh, mm-hmm. so I, th- I think I've, I've been working professionally for 10, 15 years now and I've seen sort of these these waves of stuff that works and then they stop working like Organic search used to be super nice because you could actually see the keyword that was being searched inside of Google Analytics. That's gone. Google Ads had a period where it was undervalued. Now it's really expensive. Mm. Facebook had this period of superior targeting at a low price. Now it's superior targeting, but it's very expensive. And like so all of these kind of trends float in and out. And you just re- really need to ride the wave uh, while mm. it's there because it's going to go down again at, at, at some point. Interesting. Interesting point of view. And Stefan, please tell me a little bit about yourself and also please about Dream Data with your own yeah, words. Uh, I think the quickest of pitches is that uh, yeah, I'm a I think B2B uh, marketing person by, by trade nowadays, uh, though my title is chief revenue officer. So I'm actually responsible for both sales and marketing here at Dream Data, which, you know, it's a it's a really big challenge because I fundamentally believe you can only be really good at one of those two disciplines, and then you can be somewhat good at uh, the other discipline. And I'm good at marketing, but not as good at, uh, in sales. And I've really 
I don't know if I want to say struggle, but uh, we are hiring for VP sales now to, to, to kind of <laughs> yeah, continue to challenge yourself. <laughs> it's also kind of a resource question that you want to both grow demand, but you also want to be close to the deals mm-hmm. that you bring in. And it's hard to master both. Uh, but it's been a really interesting journey so far. My background has always been with the B2B companies and my roles has been kind of marketing, growth, business development, um, that sort of stuff. My recent company before uh, joining Green Data was uh, AirTeam, where we were selling this uh, screen sharing device to, to schools and businesses. And that's really what got me hooked on what we do today at Green Data, which is uh, B2B attribution, revenue attribution, trying to understand when we as marketers do different kind of activities, what's the return on investment? How do we know what we do actually impacts revenue? And the reason why I'm, I'm so really into this is that <laughs> I want to win. I want to be successful. And to kind of to win is to be able to kind of repeat uh, stuff that's working, which is not so, or which is rarely what meets the eye in B2B because, <laughs> because it, you know, a deal can easily take six or 12 months and there's, mm-hmm. you know, there can be anywhere from from two to six, seven, eight, nine stakeholders involved in, in the deal with the customers. And you know, almost no deals are signed unless you're addressing micro businesses without sales being involved as well. So mm-hmm. it's this incredibly complex and very interesting world that uh, we're trying to understand uh, inside of Dream Data and trying to help our customers do more of what's working essentially. Do you have some be... uh, typical customers or ideal customers that typically use your platform and get entered by it? Yes. So you can say, I think overall, I would advise everybody to have a desire to be data driven, uh, which means what I mean by that is to do two things, uh, to have an internal discussion about always be able to have a story about why are we doing this and how is this going to be impacting revenue at some point. So any kind of project you run, you need to at least be accountable for a story about why this is meaningful. (laughs) And then secondly, uh, you should demand that everybody who do different projects, different activities, that they bring proof that what they are doing is working. So if you join those two things, then you actually start to have a good backbone or like uh, a behavior for attribution or to become data-driven. Now, that's a long story short of saying what we at Dream Data, what our ideal customer profile is defined as uh, software as a service companies, uh, B2B software as a service between 50 and 500 employees, round about that. And the reason for that is that, I mean, everybody will benefit from having a desire to be more data-driven, but in these scenarios where you do software as a service, you typically have your marketing spend being done mainly uh, digital, you have a sales team who does inside sales. So they sit with a computer, use software for calling customers, for sending emails, and the product is equally also delivered uh, digitally. So you kind of have that whole customer journey being mainly digital. And that gives a great uh, foundation for actually doing attribution from the very first touch all, all the way through the many months that the deal takes and to you delivering the product. So. So that's why kind of we say that our ideal customer profile is software as a service businesses. Interesting. But I'm sure that the learnings we will uh, uh, receive today is applicable on 
different kind of industries, I guess, since yeah, we're going to so. talk about, uh, is it uh, possible to be too data-driven? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Looking forward to that. Looking forward. But beforehand, and thank you for, for explaining. It's really interesting to hear what you do. And uh, since we uh, actually do have an after work, you and I, at this moment, what do you drink if you, <laughs> if you can choose on an after work? So at the moment, I think my, my favorite drink would be a uh, Negroni. So mm. like strong Italian drink. Uh, yes. <laughs> I really like it. Uh, but you know, <laughs> ask me out for most kind of drinks now. I'll give it a, give it a shot. <laughs> as long as one can meet outside, have a drink together. Uh, uh, one is, isn't that picky any longer. <laughs> At least not me. Oh, that's changed a little bit, I would say, yeah. Definitely. Okay. And uh, thank you for that. And I'm super curious about, since you actually love the, the podcast name, Fail and Grow, what's your funniest work-related uh, fuck-up that we want to share with us today? So um, there's been so many. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I know the I feeling. Think, uh, I think that's why that what we're talking about today, about being too data-driven is such a good conversation because if you're either too data-driven or too little data-driven, you're probably doing it wrong. <laughs> My own kind of experiences with this has been very uh, related to digital marketing activities. So I've done, you know, I've tried a ton of stuff that didn't work. I think one of my best ways to also explain attribution is I have two examples. Uh, so one being that in my old company, we were spending a lot of money on uh, on buying Facebook ads, uh, lookalike audiences. This is a feature that was working super well for us. But I, in my desire to really, really uh, do the right thing and make the very most of the dollars we were spending on ads, we started analyzing where we on, on which devices that we actually got our uh, conversions from. And I could clearly see that people who are buying, they come from a desktop. So... I just went ahead and like ultimately I just shut down ads on mobile phones and on, on, on tablets because like if we're just buying ads from desktops, we should sell more. But <laughs> it didn't hurt the first month, but what we could what we could definitely see was just kind of the amount of transactions, the amount of leads just you know fell flat during a, a course of uh, some months, which <laughs> when you think about it, like how do you normally purchase stuff? Well, you do it from a mix of your phone, your tablet, your computer. And I think actually when you look at the data from Facebook, it's like predominantly used on a mobile phone nowadays. But what we were not able to do was to tie the connection between Vilma sitting on her phone and then Vilma arriving to the website one month, two months, three months later on their desktop because now you've done your research, you've talked with your colleagues, now you purchased the product. So that's... a uh, a nice uh, <laughs> dumb experience of being too data-driven because it's very logical that the research phase is an involvement of multiple devices and we kind of by shutting down the mobile phone we we shut down the seeding of top funnel and only relied on you can say this, the desktop being low funnel stuff that it would be likely to convert but they hadn't been exposed to, or they had been exposed to a lot of ads where you need to buy that mobile traffic to place some cookies to run some ads, mm -hmm. retargeting ads. <laughs> and so, so it's forth. like a, a simple, a simple mistake, but but probably with the <laughs> quite bad results. Uh, since it's like, yeah, they come from desktop, yeah, but what was the whole buyer journey then? <laughs> yeah, and that's the tricky thing about B two B is that it might not hurt 
right now because you have some yeah. deals that are already late stage but if you forget mm. that you need to like stuff new people into the funnel then uh, yeah. it starts hurting at some point and it's also a problem that you know when i think all marketers have experienced the ceo or cfo coming and saying okay now we're scratching the marketing budget with 50% or the ads budget with 50% because like there's some uh, the bank in the, the bank account is not big enough right now so we need to limit the spend at that point of time you really want to know <laughs> whether it's mobile phones you switch off or whether it's uh, Google ads you switch off or whatever it is, you want to sustain your profitable channels. Otherwise, mm. it's going to hurt uh, later in the year. A very, very good segue into the today's topic for sure. <laughs> it's a hand, hands-on. This is uh, what can happen if you are too, too data-driven. So obviously, you can be uh, too data-driven, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, if you want to... I always find it interesting whenever like a, a discussion on attribution pops up on uh, on LinkedIn because like there's there's kind of two camps there's kind of you can't measure everything so so stop measuring and then there's the other camp that's saying that let's measure everything and just like be insanely data driven and <laughs> I think the truth lies somewhere in between and even at, at what we do at Dream Data we're not, never going to state that we know 100% of what's involved in this buying committee or this customer journey. What we can hope to do is to give you a statistical framework that like, takes you from knowing 10 or 20% to knowing 60 or 70%, because even making decisions from that will still make you very likely to, to make the right decisions. But overly acting on uh, what the data is telling you without applying common sense uh, is very often a, a bad idea. And luckily, this is some of what we get by by failing a lot that we kind of, okay, I, I have definitely done my fair share of very data-driven decisions. And then you realize, oops, that was not a good idea. I have another Give example. Some, uh, where, uh, sure, yeah. go. <laughs> Same thing, uh, actually, it was also related to the mobile company. We did a lot of Facebook ads, but I was kind of, I felt the return on investment there, were, uh, it was getting worse. So I started looking for different channels to spend our ad budget on. And I found, or yeah, for some reason, I found Google Display Ads. And Google Display Ads offers an audience called Technophiles, which are for Technophiles, early adopters of technology that must be pretty perfect for what we were selling back then, which was screen sharing devices. And I ran a few tests and I could see, oh, we're only paying, uh, actually, like, what would that be? But like one Danish corner, like not even 50 cent or something like that, uh, a click. And I thought, and this started doing spreadsheets and then, okay, uh, the device cost like, uh, let's say it cost $400. So I could actually get almost 2000 clicks and the return on the investment would still be there. So from one month to another, I just completely switched the Facebook uh, ads budget over to Google Display ads budget. And that whole month just fell flat, poof, without uh, almost no new business coming in. And that was me just having that really strong desire to like invest the money as good as I possibly could. Mm. But I ended up just losing the company a, a lot of money in, in that month. And then next month, uh, totally scratched uh, Google Display ads again. If we take this data-driven, uh, what is the most um, common that you do measure and that you forget to measure? If we start by, we have to 
ensure that we are have some kind of level of being data driven at this company. Some do's and don'ts, or what people yeah, so often forget. What people often forget, I think. Uh, um, so in, in the in the B two B scenario, I think what people most often forget is that they are in B two B and not in B two C, which means that they're selling to to companies, they're selling to teams, they're not selling to an individual. So that makes a lot of stuff uh, very complicated. Uh, that marketing spend all very often looks like a waste of money because marketing is typically involved in the earlier parts of the journey mm. and it's sales who closes the deals. So that brings along a lot of challenges that marketing is disconnected from the revenue. It's maybe also underappreciated because it's the salespeople closing the contracts. So this kind of agreement about what's the role of marketing, what's the role of sales and how can they help each other is something that we very typically see as uh, being a challenge. And uh, I think most people, they all, yeah, then related to that, almost any tool people use nowadays is built uh, for B2C scenarios. You know, Google Analytics is looking very dumb at uh, just individual devices, mm. Facebook ads, Google ads, et cetera. All those tools people use are wired to, to B2C. They're not wired to B2B. So a lot of numbers that people are looking at are wrong frankly or or maybe not even relevant uh or irrelevant in in one sense but you don't get the full picture at least yeah but there's various degrees of being uh, data driven and i think it, there's scientifically data driven then you need a huge sample of, mm. of data there's also when you run experiments and say let's say you sent Sometimes it's enough that you send 20 mails and five people are positive. Then you actually have a proof that some stuff looks like it's going to be working. So there's like, I think there's the uh, entrepreneurial data driven where kind of you start seeing a little bit of results and your gut feeling should tell you, okay, this is probably going to be interesting. Whereas there's also the large scale where you need a ton of data first to, to say something is statistically valid and you can be data driven by it. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so uh, just summarize a little bit what people may, might forget or struggle with is the alignment with sales and marketing, the forever question, when it's going to leave, that's that's another podcast maybe, but that's one thing. And also <laughs> to to remember that you sell to a company, to a team, there maybe up to 10, maybe often, I would say even more decision makers within the part of it that you like take heights of this or uh, if we should, you know, give something to the audience to get back to their sales and marketing team or for CEOs to uh, to easier understand what sales and marketing are talking about and support them. If we would I give think the, yeah, an one advice component, to One component I would even add is remembering the time dimension because like I'm, now I'm thinking very much like a marketer and I used to judge my, my ad spend in the same month as I spent the money which couldn't be any dumber than that <laughs> because I knew the average customer journey would be more than six months, but I was still looking at the current month of where I spent the money without having any clue. It's like you, you plant a lot of flowers with these ads and some blossom and some doesn't, but you cannot kind of judge. <laughs> I'm getting very poetic, but you cannot kind of judge <laughs> the, the garden before the summer is over. So to speak. Yeah, but so it's like understandable. That time, time dimension is so important. So 
don't mm. get discouraged if something doesn't work right away because if the average customer journey is six months then you need to apply that kind of thinking into all the experiments that you run you cannot expect or the same thing if the ceo comes in late fall and expects you to impact this year's revenue <laughs> and it's yeah. normally six or 12 months from like you plant it's the seed until somebody buys tricky. Mm. so that time component is just so important to keep in mind as well mm. Definitely. Okay. And uh, we talked a little bit about adding common sense when you do and when you don't. Will you share a little bit about your experience? Yeah. So one good thing is, for example, this, uh, my display ads failure, would it be a smart thing to remove, I would say almost 80% of your ad budget from one channel to another channel? month by month probably no i would say no <laughs> without having like it probably no more experienced no yeah so kind of i think this thing about you need to kind of organically scale stuff so like put a little bit of money in see if it works try to double that put a little bit more in like continuously just scale stuff but you need to kind of sanity check kind of whether is it logical that if I do A, B, can I expect C outcome? And if you're just like fixated on the outcome, but not think the logic through, then you very often end up making bad decisions. We also see quite often that, 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 that some companies has kind of a marketing babies <laughs> in the sense that, oh, our YouTube ads are really good or our Facebook ads are really good or our customers have marketing agencies that celebrate, uh, let's say, a lead ad campaign on Facebook as a really big success. Hey, we gathered a thousand leads. And then when you look up those leads in the CRM, you see that practically none of those leads became sales qualified leads. And none of them, maybe none of them actually became um, one deals. And that could be like, let's say you sell some high tech and you run a cat video as the lead ad <laughs> generator, then it's probably not attracting the right kind of people to, <laughs> to your company. So that's kind of, you really need to know what really matters in your business and not get fascinated by vanity metric. Would you say that you should, uh, you should uh, open your eyes with your gut feeling uh, and like think about your business, what you think work, and then add data to prove that, to, to combine the data-driven approach with the common sense? Uh, or should it be the other way around that you should uh, look at the data and then add your gut feeling and all the mm -hmm. know-how about the company if you had to choose? <sighs> Million dollar question. Da, na, 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 na. <laughs> Actually, I saw one of my, my friends uh, writing the other day that if you're in doubt whether something works, it doesn't work. Mm. I think that one is really good because that's kind of an expression of then you would see some numbers, but you will also like, for example, we're running ads on Captera, which is a review platform. And if somebody is looking for an attribution tool inside a review platform, would it make sense to buy clicks from there? Yes, that would make sense. It's, I think the, the best answer is that it should be like a joint effort between mm. start with some gut feeling ideas, write them down and try to like set them, uh, put life to them use data to kind of validate whether you should keep doing them or not doing them. Then what you see is what, what, what's working, like in terms of the, having some data proof, then you can use your gut feeling and intuition to kind of 
okay, let's if we were to go deeper down this route, uh, what could we do more of? So I think the best uh, the best marketers do a combination, which is apply common sense and gut feeling to ideation, look at some data on how it works, and apply more gut feeling into what could we do more since this looks like it's working. I like that a lot. Like you write down the ideas you have uh, and use data to see if it works, when it works, add time if you if you need and you can, and then uh, develop further from that uh, with data, of course. Uh, yeah. yeah, could summarize. Um, is there something else you want to 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 talk about when it comes to is it possible to be data driven there's something that you maybe stay awake during the nights thinking about data being or not being data driven and uh, uh, yeah different challenges maybe your customers how you experienced yourself that you want to send out to the to the audience no i think like if we, if we if we go back to what i said before uh, i think being able to just explain why you do stuff and because we're running businesses we do it to make money so the story you should have about all your activities is how is this helping us make more money and if you can tell that story then you can probably also find some data points that makes sense uh, to measure but i would say yeah, maybe also there's the you know the whole notion about vanity metrics and I think also you can kill most stuff by measuring too much. So like pick a few metrics that you, you know really matters. If you think about also like all stuff you do cannot be measured on like hardcore revenue produced, but then think about the closest proxy to revenue as you can get. Maybe that's a demo call. Maybe it's even a further step back to, maybe it's an ebook download. Maybe it's even a further step when you're completely new. Maybe it's just getting somebody to click to your website is, is the furthest you can go. But as you develop, you can go further and further to measuring your activities towards uh, revenue. But there's also situations where you cannot get fully close enough. And then you need to kind of take a step back into the funnel and uh, act, act towards that. Really interesting and very spot on. Uh, many ways to summarize what you, uh, I mean, I'm sure everyone listening to this episode uh, strives to be as data-driven as you can. You try to align your sales and marketing. You try <laughs> to come up with new hacks, you know, to yeah. uh, to 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 grow even more rapidly. But uh, I, for sure, learned uh, several things today, and uh, also, you know, good reminders. And maybe you could have that uh, philosophic garden point of view <laughs> at your <laughs> growth team. Why not? Uh, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. So thank you so much, Stefan, for for sharing your expertise with us today thank you Vilma. i really enjoyed the conversation as well now it's actually time for you to uh, to wing an answer to a yeah. random business related question <laughs> uh, i'm actually super curious about uh, about the answer myself you have talked a little bit maybe about it but 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 we will we will tell so uh, it's like this uh, it's from uh, emil Vestrin. Uh, and uh, as I told you earlier, Bon, the, the listener will have here to his voice now. Uh, yeah, it's only you that will listen to me. <laughs> so he asks. Hi, this is Emil Westrin, CEO at VLOXQ. If you could start your company over again, what would you have done differently growth strategy-wise? Good question. I think uh, played... Play, like 
play even more to my own strengths, which means uh, this CRO role, you want to be like, at least the textbook tells you that you should do both outbound and inbound. Um, I'm really good at inbound stuff, but we wanted really to, oh, let's, let's find some way to make that outbound work. And then spend so many time and resources figure, trying to figure, uh, I won't say outbound is dying, but at least it's just picking up the phone. Uh, it's maybe not the smartest thing you can do nowadays. So trusting that I was actually good enough for inbound, uh, because now we're like thriving on inbound uh, leads uh, at Dream Data. So if we could just like, I, yeah, we could have been further if we didn't spend all that time figuring out ways we couldn't make outbound work. <laughs> so I think <laughs> that advice goes to anybody like, forget about your weaknesses and just like keep going further down the path where you're really strong. And then like, let, wait until you get people on the team that are really good at certain disciplines to, and let them run it instead. Mm. Good advice. I will take that with me. And I'm sure many out there will too. Uh, why? Why? Why try to be better at something you maybe aren't that good at and just focus on the thing you're, you are good at. That's yeah. um, something you heard so many times, but it's so hard to pick because you always feel that you have to strengthen that weakest chain, you know, but uh, yeah. thank you. And thank you, Emil, for a very good question. So uh, we'll wrap it up and I thank our sponsors, Yada Yada. And also Story of You, Yada Yada edits the episodes. And Story of You are a great podcast. Uh, uh, they actually, uh, podcast, what do you say? Uh, they helped us to come up with this form of podcast. So if you're thinking about toasting a podcast yourself, I would definitely recommend Story of You. And uh, I wonder, Stefan, if one would get in contact with you. How do you easily do? Is it LinkedIn or how do you reach you? Yes, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Uh, so people can just reach out to me there and happy to answer any questions that might have popped up uh, from this conversation. Chat about marketing babes <laughs> coming up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next thing. <laughs> nice. And uh, do you have someone else you would like to listen to on Fail and Grow that you think could contribute to the audience in a nice way? Oh, yes. Um, I actually think uh, that would be my good friend, uh, Bo, who just sold his digital agency after running it for more than 10 years really successfully. And now wow. he's pondering his next step and running a few SaaS platforms on top of this. And I think understanding what he's going to do next uh, will be a really, a, a really good fail and grow uh, story, I think. Oh, interesting. I would love to, if uh, you'd like to connect us and Bo, you are so welcome to Fail and Grow with you too. I will, yeah. <laughs> and uh, when you have that uh, Negori, wasn't it? Negori, Negorini, the favorite ne drink. Negoni, yes. Yeah, Negoni, yeah. <laughs> uh, in your hand. And this song comes along and then, uh, after work, a beautiful sunny day. Which song are we listening to? Let me find this must be the place by talking heads. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> okay. Great, great. Uh, thank you for uh, for coming to this uh, episode today and take care and have the best of weekends, Stefan. Likewise, William. Have a great week. Oh.